You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles hunting podcast brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and on this podcast, you will find tons of relevant information that will help you become more successful in the field. You'll hear product information directly from the manufacturer and success stories from guys and gals just like you. Sit back, relax, and pour a stiff drink. This episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast starts right now. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. Enter the discount code Nine Fingers. That's the number nine followed by the word fingers for $20 off your purchase. Now, today we are joined by the CEO of the Go Wild app, Brad Luttrell. And at the beginning of this podcast, just like we always do, we BS a little bit about how his season uh, has gone and uh, uh, or lack thereof due to how busy he is with this uh, this tech startup. And uh, we, we, uh, we get into the details of what Go Wild is. I'm sure you've heard at the beginning or the start of several podcasts on uh, the network, the intro, right? This, uh, this episode is brought to you by the Go Wild app, right? So today, we're actually good, going to get into the details of what the Go Wild app is, what it's all about, and why you should download it and put it on your phone, um, because it's more than just a social media app, right? It's a community, and... Uh, and Brad kind of breaks all that down for us today. He talks about how the company got started, why it got started, and all the specifics involved in this. And there's a, there really is a lot of cool things uh, on this app that you know Facebook and Instagram just don't have. One one stat that really stood out was that seventy percent of all Instagram content goes unseen. That is crazy. So just imagine, even if it's 60-70%, imagine every post that you make, right? Six of them, seven of them don't get out of ten. Six of them or seven of them don't even get seen, 
by a majority of the people who follow you. That is crazy. Uh, and uh, so Brad talks in, in depth about that. He talks in depth about the, um, the, the platform itself and why it's growing in popularity and a lot of cool things that go along with it. So uh, stay tuned for that. Now, before we get into this, uh, into this podcast, Wasp Archery, right? Now, they just came out with a brand new broadhead where they have taken Havilon knife technology and inserted it into their broadhead blades. So that's the that's the new hot, I guess the hot uh, broadhead. It's a, a three blade fixed broadhead. And uh, dude, I don't know. Uh, one of the guys who works for the company, Fred Doherty, he's one of the designers, and uh, he he's been talking to me about Dan you got to shoot that this one you know shoot this Havilon this year you got to shoot the Havilon this year and I'm like dude I love the boss four blade I love the boss four blade he's like no you got to shoot you got to shoot the the Havilon this year and uh, so I'm going to talk with him in an upcoming episode so stay tuned for that but uh, if you haven't already go check out wasparchery.com take a look at all of the fixed blade and mechanical options that they offer and when you do decide to purchase your pack of wasp broadheads enter the discount code nine fingers that's the number nine followed by the word fingers and you will receive 20 percent off your purchase so uh, take advantage of that now the intro my friends is over let's get into today's podcast with the ceo of go wild brad latrell Joining me today on the phone right now, Mr. Brad Luttrell. What's up, man? How's it going, Dan? Hey, I can't complain. Like like we talked about before we started record, like we started recording. Uh, I'm, we're recording this podcast in the morning, which means all of my kids are home. So if you if you're somewhat new to this podcast and you've never heard my kids screaming in the background, you will on this episode. Well, just not to not be un- outdone, I actually made sure that the office next to me was under construction, so there's a chance you'll hear an impact driver <laughs> or who knows what. I'm actually in a, I have a studio here, but I'm actually not in there because they've been ripping out the studs of the wall, and it's it's like the studs over my office are shaking. I got a, almost had a migraine the other day, so I'm actually in like this little, like, I, it, you know, everybody at their house has the junk room. I am in, like, the junk office of Go Wild right now. I, there's Christmas decor everywhere. Like, apparently, we just took down Christmas stuff and threw it in here. And there's, like, leftover targets from, I think we've been shooting these with a pellet gun. I don't know. There's junk <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> hey, every building has one of those, right? That's right. I, mean, I think I, we have a few of them. But this is the quietest one in the office. Yeah. And for those who don't know, I record – all of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcasts and all of, and edit all of the Sportsman's Nation stuff out of a closet in my son's nursery. Hey, man, whatever works. I've recorded in cars. I've, I've done some <laughs> weird stuff on podcasts, start to striving for that better quality. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, let's get into it today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Go Wild here in a moment, but let's talk about you for a second and uh you told me that you are somewhat new to archery but had a successful uh first year archery hunt yeah it's kind of funny because i i found myself telling people that you know a lot of the value of go wild is that people 
start using this platform and then they're learning about other things and then they want to try that, right? Like people, one criticism of Go Wild is people will say like, well, how are you going to get more people into hunting if it's just a hunting app? Well, we're not that. Like anglers are finding out about bow hunting and all of a sudden they're going out and buying a bow and it actually happened to me. <laughs> like like I, we create this thing. I've always been a rifle hunter, shotgun hunter. You know, I've hunted a lot of small game. Uh, my, my entry into whitetail is what started this whole thing. Uh, that was would have been... 2014, I started trying to get serious about my whitetail hunting and then 16 started the app and I actually saw all these guys posting archery content, man. And I was like, you know what, I just, all I kept hearing about was the challenge of it. And I'm, uh, you know, a bit of a masochist in that, that sense of like, oh, something that I can't, ma haven't mastered. I have to try to do this. You know, I, I love to run. I've done a few marathons like that. That mental challenge is appealing to me. And so I, I dove in last March. I guess I've almost been shooting a, a, a year, which I, even then I feel like guilty saying that because uh, I was just telling you how busy it gets. And I, I've definitely not been the most dedicated archer, but I did, it did pay off in Texas this year. I got my first bow kill. Nothing to write home about in terms of the size of the animal, but I got a ton of meat out of it. And that's really like, as you'll hear me talk today, I, I pretty much bring everything back to the kitchen. I love food. Uh, that is 90% of my drive uh, when I go out. So, but yeah, had success behind a bow for the first time this year. It was awesome. Awesome. Welcome to the club, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. I am certainly, uh, I mean, I was already addicted to hunting, but the, the, the appeal of the bow is that much greater now, right. especially the way it went down. I, uh, I was having, we traveled to Texas and through the, through the flight, my arrow rest got out of alignment or something like it, the, I think the, uh, the limb activation got thrown off, but I didn't realize this It's easy, easy for me to tell you that now, but I didn't realize this when we started and we're shooting. And, and the first one I, I pull out my bow, I hit like dead on at 20 yards. I'm feeling pretty good. And then the next one just like totally shanks off the, off the, away from the bag. And it's like, Oh wow. Uh, definitely like still newbie, but I've been shooting uh, dead deer at 40 yards. Right. Like I, I have felt very confident coming into this. And we keep shooting for an hour and the guide can't figure it out. And he's like, well, we're going out on an evening hunt. Do you want to rifle hunt? And I'm like, no, I'm staying and figuring this out. Well, two hours later, I figured out that the of what was going on. And some people are probably laughing at me now. But I mean, even the guide could not figure it out because it wasn't the uh, the uh, arrow rest wasn't doing this every time. It was kind of inconsistent, but um, it would come up and not go all the way down. It wasn't dropping all the way properly. Mm -hmm. So after stripping a few uh, fletchings, uh, and, and like getting down to only a few arrows left to figure it out. We're in the dark trying to get this thing worked out. We were searching for Allen wrenches in the garage. It was kind of a nightmare. And so I had all this, like, you know, kind of like a, you know, it's like ice in the kicker, right? Like <laughs> you're starting to get nervous. You know, you're going out the next day. You're not full at feeling a hundred percent, uh, uh, in, and how you're shooting after two and a half hours of practice, not going your way, but 17 yards, uh, it was, it was not too hard of a shot. Um, more than anything, it was just, you know, tamping down my, my excitement to get, get my first animal. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. Um, I said first animal. I, I should clarify. Uh, I'm not a total newbie. I mean, that was my fifth whitetail. Um, so, I mean, I've hunted before. I've been, this has been a pursuit over the last, you know, six, six, seven, eight years, I guess. Um, uh, haven't been successful every season. Part of that's what drove me to go, uh, to start go wild was to create a place where I, I could learn and other people could learn. So, yeah. um, but yeah, it wasn't my first whitetail. Right. But your first one with a bow. It was my first one with a bow. Yep. Okay. So let me ask you this. Uh, I like hearing the answers to this question specifically because I am a hardcore bow hunter and I've never one time picked up, uh, 
killed an, any animal with a with a rifle. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I've been shotgun hunting, but I've never. Uh, I think I killed maybe one doe with a shotgun, maybe one or two does with a shotgun, and that's it. But all my all my experience is um, uh, with behind the bow. Now, for you, what was that experience like, or what was that? I mean, did you did you get any more enjoyment out of bow hunting, like harvesting that animal uh, with a bow as opposed to a rifle? Uh, was the experience overall different for you, or was it kind of just the same but with a different weapon? It it was a, in a lot of ways it was the same. You know, I don't want to lie to you and tell you it was this much better because I did it with stick and string. I mean, there's times that I've felt more proud of a whitetail um, for doing it myself. You know, there's a pride that comes. I had a guide with me, and we're in Texas on this. It's not a high. It's high fence on two sides, uh, low fence on one side, no fence on one side. So I, I you probably talked a ton about Texas. Uh, I learned a lot about how they manage these properties, and it's not what it sounds like when you get there and you know, you don't know what's going to walk out. I mean, there were a lot of deer on this property though. And, and I was pretty assured, like it was part of Jeremiah Dowdy's cooking class and he does it on this property because there's a lot of deer on this property. And like, if you're going to teach a cooking class, you kind of need to get a dead deer on the ground. Right. So the, the part of like actually getting the kill, you know, I was excited because I kind of, I got that achievement and it's almost like I got that out of the way. Like it feels a little bit like that. Um, I was really proud of, you know, hey, I was able to do this. I was able to practice. I put a perfect shot on this deer, ran like 20 yards. Um, and, you know, I'm proud of all that and it felt really good. But it, I've definitely um, had moments like my first uh, deer that I got by myself from a season of scouting after getting skunked. I mean, absolutely skunked after the, the, the year before. That was kind of the, during that whole moment of starting go wild. Like that's still my proudest deer that I've ever gotten. Last, uh, let's see, well, I said last year, but I guess it's 2017 now. Um, I, again, I don't have a ton of whitetail stories, but like my, my it would have been my fourth deer, really great 10 point, like a, a nice, uh, you know, nice rack on this deer. It was a young deer, but I mean, um, it wasn't even my biggest body, but the biggest rack for sure. And I don't even measure these things. It's, uh, I, don't, I just don't, like I told you, I'm food driven, but it was a very nice, respectable buck. Um, and I, I, that one still like doesn't beat that first eight pointer that I shot that came, you know, in because I was calling and it came straight to this, like the scent play and everything, the wind, like I did everything right that time. And to me, that's like, that's my proudest moment, uh, was just that first time getting it right. Now, the second one, obviously I got everything right. Like the, the buck comes running into a and responding to a call. Um, you know, you, you had your stand set up in the right place. Everything worked in your favor, but it was, it's kind of, uh, you know, you're chasing a high and it's hard to, until you, continue to evolve on that. And this is where I, I like understand how people get into chasing antlers. Uh, you know, you, you continue to want something a little bit more next time. But, uh, for me, like my proudest moment is certainly that first deer earned hundred percent of my own. Awesome. Yeah. That's a big thing for any hunter when like, I can remember some of those same emotions. And I know that like you compared to me, you know, I started hunting when I was way younger right? And as opposed to you, which sounds like you've only started hunting, what, the past seven years? No, I mean, like my, that whitetail. Whitetail, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I grew up, my dad, I, me and my dad went out when I was probably 13, 12 or 13, maybe even 11, I don't know. Um, I think I was 13 when he took me out for my first squirrel hunt. And like, I've been fishing, I've been on the woods, I mean, literally my whole life. I'm, gotcha. I don't want to make it sound like I'm a total newbie here. Um, but but the, the, the whitetail pursuit, 
uh, it's just, it's just different, you know, it's yeah. not squirrel hunting. Um, so, uh, yeah. but, but certainly newer to it than a lot of your listeners. I, I mean, I know your shows, you guys get in the weeds on stuff and you've got a lot of guys who are here in, in the total refinement, like micro adjustments of, of their skill sets. And, uh, you know, I'm not quite there yet and that's, I'm okay with that. And I'm proud of that. So, well, that's cool though. I mean, that's, there's a ton of things to learn. And I think that's for me, over the years, I've realized that that is, that's what I like about hunting. It's not the end game, right? Which is putting a deer on the ground. I, yes, I love the meat and I love chasing, you know, the wily mature bucks with the big racks. And, you know, I wouldn't, I'd be lying to you if I said it wasn't, wouldn't be cool to shoot a big racked buck. But for me, it's looking at the map and saying, okay. I know he's here and I know he comes here. How do I ambush him? And I play, that's the game that I love. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard you, you talk about this quite uh, on, on several uh, different shows and, you know, talking about the, and, and a lot of these, you know, you, these guys that get into uh, Pope and Young's every year. I mean, there's, there's a lot of skill that goes along with that. And that's where, you know, I'm not a guy that's going to uh, knock on, um, somebody that, that pursues that, you know, I, I think, um, overall, and, and I've, I've said this on uh, quite a few podcasts before, like what I, what, the only thing I would like, I get into with that discussion is like, I hope we're telling the whole story and I know you do. I'm not, yeah. this is a just wide sweeping, um, uh, comment. I'm, I'm not a, you know, Bill O'Brien's taking a lot of like a total beating for his grip and grin commentary. And I'm not even saying like, don't post your grip and grins. I just really want people to, you know, you're out there, that challenge you're out there. You get to go out every time. Uh, and, and you're outside, but a lot of times that part of the story has not been told. And that's, yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, I'm going to keep bringing this back to go, wow, because so much of this is rooted in why we built what we built, you know, and you've been on the platform. Now you see people log in time and it encourages them to tell the rest of their story. We're trying to pull that out of them. You know, yeah. we have recipes because I want you to talk about the, the, the animal, you, you, you shoot a deer in 2017, you're going to appreciate that animal for the next year or two. You know, it's going to be, uh, you're going to relive that every time. And we don't often enough come back to that to talk about that. And then, you know, when we're only posting the uh, antlers, and again, I, I totally, I, I get where you're coming from. I too would love to kill a big mature deer. Like I think the challenge in that cannot be overstated. These things don't get old for being dumb, right? Like you have to be a certain, uh, have a certain skill set to be able to accomplish that. Uh, but, but when that's all we show in our story and then get mad at people for thinking we're only about to kill, you know, it's like, well, that's what you're advertising, right? So if you, if you advertise it as that, then we can't be mad at people for thinking it's that. <laughs> just, yeah. There's, there's some irony that comes out of that for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so the next logical question here is now that you've harvested your first, uh, buck or your first deer, excuse me, with, with a bow, does did that excite you enough to say, okay, now I want to start going to Illinois or Minnesota or, you know, different, different states throughout the nation and to try to hunt different whitetails? Man, I'm in Kentucky and we actually have a really a great, some great opportunity right here that I feel like, you know, I, yes, I've thought about that. Uh, more than anything, though, if I leave the state, I want to pursue something that's not here. Um, uh, and, and so and, and again, I'm, I'm young in my big game pursuit. Like I don't I don't have some of the notches under under my belt that a lot of your, your guests are going to have. Um, there's a lot of if I was going to leave and plan a trip, I would certainly want to be doing something besides whitetail. Uh, we I mean, I live in um, Jefferson County in Kentucky, which is, 
extremely overpopulated with deer. Like there's, there's a, there's plenty of opportunity here for whitetail that like within 30 minutes of my house, you, you can be on a farm that has, you know, every time you go out, you're going to see deer. So I don't feel the need to do that really. Like I, I'm looking at, you know, Jeremiah Dowdy's trying to get me to go on an antelope hunt with him in Wyoming. And, uh, you know, I've had some opportunities right now. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do this fall. There's, uh, I've got some opportunity with bears and elk. And it's like, those are the kind of things I'm really more looking at if I'm going to plan. I told you how busy my schedule is. Um, it, you know, people think it's kind of funny. People look outside looking in. It seems like, oh, CEO of a tech company in the outdoors, you probably hunt all the time. But it's like, actually, I'm trying to run a company and make it survive and be have meaningful impact on on people. Like I want to build a good product. And that actually has taken i'm spending less time outside than i was before i started this thing and i'm okay with that that's a trade-off of i I knew was coming and i had to accept but the problems i was uh, incurring i wanted to solve for because i knew other people had to be incurring like finding information and finding people to give you feedback you know we wanted to solve for that and we are we're doing a really good job of that but that's also means that i just don't have as much time to be outside anymore yeah absolutely i get it man i uh uh, running the Sportsman's Nation and doing my podcast as much as I do and uh, with the family. I feel like every year I hunt less and less. Um, and that's why I think it's important for me is when I do dedicate a week to go do something, I get out of Iowa and I go chase elk or like, yeah. there's a chance I go chase some mule deer this year. Uh, and uh, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, jumping in you know, both feet, both feet into the, the Western game thing in the next couple of years, and maybe even dedicating some of my rut time, my Iowa rut time to a Western, you know, to Western trips and, uh, and putting whitetails to the side and not all the way to the side, because I live in Iowa, I can go hunt, right. any, you know, once the season opens, I can go hunt anytime I want, but just spending a little bit less vacation time doing that and more time and planning dedicated to like what you said, getting out and going and chasing a different species. So, yeah, now that I'm getting uh, more skill with my bow, I'm actually looking at turkeys. Like I would like to, I want, I still want to get a Kentucky white. Like I'll be focused on a Kentucky whitetail this year for sure. Like a a, a good buck. Like I mean, I, I'm not. I don't want to make it sound like I'm dropping anything and everything. I mean, I certainly would would. I did last year even. I mean, I I ended up getting a skunked in southeastern Kentucky, which is a hard zone to hunt. The population is a lot smaller down there and the, the restrictions are a lot uh, tougher than where I live in Kentucky. But, uh, you know, I passed on an eight point and by the end of my four days there, I was like, oh, crap, if that eight point shows back up, he's going down. Right. It's like, you know, uh, yeah, you get selective just naturally yeah. uh, the more more you hunt. Like I get that. But like for me, you know, going out here and getting one with a bow, um, something I that I think is comparable to the other bucks I've harvested. That's certainly on my radar for this year. And I, if, if I'm feeling good enough, I'm going to go out with, and turkey seed. Turkey, turkey hunting interests me with the bow because there's a lot of challenges with it. Their eyesight's so good, and you really have to um, have a lot have the stars align for that. Um, I'll probably go out with shotgun first, and if I have a good early season on turkey, I'll probably go back out with the bow. Yeah. Yeah, I've I always tell myself, okay, this is the year you're gonna kill one with a bow, and then the season gets here, and I buy the I buy the shotgun tag just because I take my wife out with me. Oh, uh, right. And uh, it's just easier to. You're doing blind hunting then with her. Well, yeah, it's about half blind, and then about half running gun through the woods. Um, mm-hmm. That's how I cut my teeth. I know, like we, mm-hmm. I never hunted out of a blind until I started hunting with my wife. 
So did you have a weird season last year? Was it were they off for you all too, or was it just I know like Missouri through Kentucky? I've heard everybody say it was a weird calling season. Um, no, of, of course I have a really good turkey population on the farm I hunt, and I have a spot where if I like I don't like to start out there because it's almost too easy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they yeah. they roost on a ridge and they pitch down into a field almost every single day, and yeah. uh, it, uh, the first two days, me and the wife went out and uh, got nothing. Uh, they were they were responding really well. They were just henned up and went the other direction. And the third day, I went out by myself and bop, 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 gobble, gobble, gobble. Did that about five or six times, and he popped out in a field, and then I shot him. So Yeah. Yeah, I learned a lot about it this year, man. I, uh, I the, the Last year was my third turkey season. I thought it was easy until last year because I, I guess I got lucky. Uh, <laughs> we actually called one in my first year with my, my dad. We called a bunch in. And I got one. And then second year, not as glorious, glorious of a story, nothing like textbook. It was more like we got skunked and we're leaving and uh, saw some. And I like stalked around through the grass and, and shot one <laughs> as it was getting ready to leave. <laughs> yeah. So still tastes good. Uh, yeah, but, then, uh, but then last year um, I took my actually I have this documented. It's a fantastic podcast of taking a new hunter out. Uh, my podcast, Restless Native, I took my co-founder out who had never been hunting before and which people probably like, wait, aren't you a hunting app? But, you know, part of what we're proud of is that we have a diverse team and he, he was into hiking, which you can do with our app. You can do we have functionality for that. But he wanted to try hunting. So we went out turkey hunting and first day we call in three big toms and they get to about 50 yards and I couldn't range them because it was through brush. And he didn't feel comfortable because 50 yards feels a long ways, man. Like if, yeah. if you don't know to. Um, and we had we had actually sighted that we went out. I took him out and we shot and patterned his gun. And I'm like. I think you can, you, you should be able to kill that bird like that. I, I was fairly, I knew this property really well. I'm like, and then by the time I told him to shoot, he's like, I don't know. I don't know. And then they walk off, uh, and, and it's like tail fan. So he couldn't see the head anymore. So that, that day though, I was like, oh man, we'll, we'll get them back in tomorrow. So, and then, you know, it, the, that was 50 degrees. The next day is 40 degrees. And then the third day out, it was snowing on me. He didn't come. And it was just a strange season. And a lot of people I've talked to have talked about how, the birds were uh, not responding as well. Like they were having a hard time bringing them in. Yeah, they were talkative, but they. Um, Rennell is even. I think Ranella did a podcast with um, Brandon Butler, and they were talking about this in Missouri about how how weird of a year it was. Um, but but you know, I ended up going out like eight times and did not get a bird. I think he went out five times with me, which I was proud of him for trying. Uh, we're going to get back out this year and, and try to get him his first bird. But um, I'm I'm hoping to also get one because I love cooking turkeys, man. Yeah, like that's I, absolutely. I'll tell you what. My wife, God bless her soul. Uh, she's she came out with me turkey hunting. Right. And it took her. Let's see the first two seasons we went out. And this is after a streak of for me of killing turkeys like five, seven, ten years. I don't even know. Like, I don't I don't even remember. A turkey season before I met my wife that was unsuccessful where I right. ate, ate my tag right so my wife I talked my wife into going turkey hunting with me and the first three years that we go turkey hunting it rained the entire time so <laughs> we're both just miserable but here I am I'm a grinder right so you can't kill them on the couch dragging her out up and down these hills it's raining out it's wet sitting you know sitting in a blind, waiting, waiting, nothing happened. And, and finally, thank God, the third year, 
if it, if, if it didn't happen the third year, I probably would have lost her forever. But it was one of those perfect mornings where the, there's no clouds in the sky, really high pressure morning. And they just went bananas and she shot her first Turkey. And now she's, now she's hooked on it. Right. And, uh, um, and she likes to eat them. And, uh, so now I have a turkey hunting partner for, you know, for a while yet and until my daughter's old enough. So I'm looking forward to that as well. I haven't hunted elk, but, uh, you know, what I love about it is what I hear elk guys talking about too. And I can only imagine, you know, how exciting it is having an elk run in charge you, uh, you know, it's a little bit bigger than a turkey. <laughs> um, but, but that's what I, I just find it. I probably, you know, each season now turkey season's coming up and I'm like, I definitely like turkey hunting more and then deer season will be back. I'm like, no, I love turkey hunting the most, but, uh, man, it's so, I, I told Chris, my co-founder this and I really, people, I think it's episode 12, 12 or so, um, you know, just hearing him as a newbie, the questions he's asking and hearing him learn a lot of people lose sight of what that's like. I mean, even, even you, you're talking about like, I don't even remember not killing a turkey yeah. and people, people forget what the things that go through your head. And, you know, it was exciting to hear him learn all that. But I told him, I said, this we, on the first day, we're going out for our first morning. We were recording podcast on the drive out. And I, I was like, you've never experienced the woods like this before. And this is a guy that hikes. He's probably in the woods more than I am because he hikes so much. But I said, you, you know, you're out there. You're laughing with your wife. You've got the dogs and you're taking photos. You're, you're never out there like a hunter's out there. Yeah. You, you've never seen the woods wake up and you're going to experience this. And when you start hearing these animals and you're seeing like the coincidental coyote run through like that, those are that's just an experience you don't have without hunting. And, yeah. and there's so much value just in that experience. You know, I've told my wife, my wife's not a hunter. Um, and, and grew up in a non-hunting family, took her a long time to warm her up to the idea of hunting and then, you know, Hey, we're going to eat this. And, and now she like, literally we've eaten sheep meat, which I haven't hunted sheep, but, uh, my, my friends, Lynn and Lacey gave it to me, but we've eaten sheep meat like three times this week and she loved it, you know? So I've, I've got her full circle, but I haven't quite bridged the gap to get her out there. And I know she'd be like, she would be so miserable in deer season in the cold, yeah. but I told her like turkey season, I wish she would just come out and sit and hear that experience. Like just even the, even if you don't see them, like if you can hear them over the ridge or whatever it is, that's not an experience. Most people will live their entire life and never hear that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I can remember the first time we ever had a gobble close to us. And she, she heard them in the distance, like the first couple times we went hunting, but when, when they're responding to you and I could just mm -hmm. watch the glow in her face and that, that right there was like, okay, now she's interested. Now she right. wants it to happen and, uh, it eventually happens. So I, and I, well, I like the unpredictability of it too. Yeah. You know, I think it's a good reminder. Um, Hey, things don't always play out in nature. Like one, one time we were, uh, me and my dad were out turkey hunting and we're calling, they're responding, calling, they're responding, they're coming. Um, we can hear them coming up this hill towards the calls and, uh, all of a sudden they stop and you hear like, they're kind of like ruffling around. It's like, okay, what's going on? Coyote shows up. Like I, I love that part of it too. The unpredictability of it. You know, I had that experience. Um, I was sitting out in a, I was archery hunting this, this fall and sitting out and I'm, I'm trying to deer. Uh, I was, I was, uh, waiting. I was in a good spot for, um, a lot of deer activity. Hadn't seen anything. I was doing an evening hunt and about 30 minutes of light left. I, uh, this pack of coyotes just starts going nuts about half a mile. 
um, half a mile from where I was. And I'm like, you know what? That'd be cool. Like, I'll try to shoot a coyote with my bow. So I, I had my predator, I had a predator call with me. I let it rip for I don't know, one or two minutes and silence. Like, they just stop. And I'm like, okay, I'm probably not a very good caller. Like, they probably were like, <laughs> what the hell is that? You know? Uh, but then about 30 minutes later, I hear um, a, something behind me, which I uh, figured out was a doe coming through, but I could hear something following her. And it turns out, these coyotes had surrounded the tree behind me and they're walking in. The, I hear the deer start blowing at the, at the coyotes and, and, and then it ran away. And then I have two of them kind of walk up behind my tree and I, I went to range one. It saw me. They're so observant, you know, they're just right. always in tune. And, um, I got busted by it and I'm like, this is the one day I forgot my pistol. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I got a mile walk back. It's dark. I'm not really afraid of these things, but I don't really want to like, I just doesn't feel right. I should probably leave. So I, I get out of my, uh, my uh, tree and start walking up over the hill towards the car. And again, mile away. Uh, and there's three more coming over the hill. So they had completely surrounded where I'd done that call and when we're kind of moving in, I'm like, man, that is too cool. Like people don't, I live 30 minutes from uh, the biggest city in Kentucky and people don't think of that. Or if they think of them, they're nuisances, you know, like, oh, my dog or, you know, uh, I have the next door app where people are always freaking out when they see one. But they don't think about like this animal and its survival and how they interact and don't experience in that way. Like the, the, like seeing them work together and appreciating how clever they are. You know, I, it's just I, I, too many people miss out on that experience. Yep. Absolutely. There's a lot of things in nature that, you know, sitting in your house and watching it on the Discovery Channel, it's awesome. It opens your eyes, but you don't get you don't get that firsthand experience like, you know, hunting or I don't even care if you're a hunter, just being outside. Right. Right. Yeah, man. I, uh, my, my son likes to watch nature shows. Um, and he's, he's going to be four and, uh, he'll, he'll say things like, is the, is the fox eating the mouse or is the lion eating, you know, whatever the lion's eating. And it's like, yes, it is. That's what its food is. And I try to even like try to instill, he's seen every animal I've killed since he's, he's been uh, alive and, you know, I'm trying to instill in him, uh, he's, he's not hunted yet, but, you know, trying to instill in him that, life eats life. Like this is, this is how this works. And too many times you'll, my mom will be there and she'll say, Oh, that poor, whatever's dying. Right. And it's like, well, what about the lion? Like, what about the poor lion? If that thing doesn't eat this, it's going to die too. And so often we empathize with the prey. It's, it's bizarre to me how, yeah. how society thinks about this. Yeah. That's a whole can of worms right there. I know, friend. man. We better, <laughs> I say, we better back out, dude. <laughs> Before this turns into a completely different podcast. Yeah. Right. Right. So I want to I want to take this opportunity now to transition into go wild and if you listen to any of the podcasts on the Sportsman's Nation you hear the the go wild um I guess advertisement at the front end right the promo of at the front end I've played around with it uh I have that app on my phone as well and uh, so just for for someone who I guess doesn't know what go wild is, let's start off really high level and, and just what is go wild. Go wild is a activity tracking and social media platform for outdoors enthusiasts. So we're, we're a social media app for hunters, for anglers, for whatever you like to do. It's a little bit different. And you know, you think of your Instagram, uh, your Facebooks, you're building a following there. Go wild operates differently. We're going to, you're going to sign up for the app. We're going to ask you what you like to do, hunt, fish, or enjoy the outdoors. And depending on what you pick there, we're going to go ahead and pre-populate content for you. So you can onboard within our app in about a minute or less. 
and we'll, we'll assume certain things that you might like, and then you can go in and curate. So if you say hunting, we're going to put you in all the hunting trails, which are forums, and you can go in and curate that experience. And so what this does is it makes the platform valuable out of the gate. Most social media platforms, even, even Twitter, Twitter for years has struggled with getting value out of a, uh, uh, helping users find value out of the platform immediately. So we, we go ahead and put content in front of you out of the gate. This is also helpful for when you post content. So if you post a a question about archery, um, you know, it's going to go into the archery forum and the tens and tens and tens of thousands and soon to be hundreds of thousands of people that are looking at the platform, see these questions. Uh, the best example of how we're different and what we are is it came up the other day, I saw Wes Robinson, who has about, I think he has either 13 and a half or 14 and a half thousand followers on Instagram and they're hard built, you know, uh, actual people that he's built up on his following. I know Wes personally and Wes posted the same question on his Instagram as he did on his go wild account and go wild got his question in front of more people than he was able to access through his Instagram account. He got 24 responses on his Instagram account. He's got a couple hundred followers on Go Wild, but he put it in that archery channel and he was able to get, last I saw it was like 75 comments. And that that right there is the biggest, best example of of the value of the platform and what we're doing. It's helping people. I told you I set out to build something that could help people get answers when they had questions. And I I can sit here, we could take up the rest of this time of me telling you examples of people I've seen solve problems or answer questions or learn through our platform due to that open network. Yeah. That's a, that's uh that's pretty exciting. So it's almost like a concentrated gathering of people as opposed to Instagram, which some of the followers of let's say the nine finger chronicles on Instagram or Facebook may not be, I guess, hardcore outdoorsmen or h- hardcore uh, hunters or fishers. Right. And it's going to open up. Instagram also opens you up to it's an open network. So, you know, if you hashtag hunting, somebody goes through trolling all the hunting posts. That's how that happens is they're they're finding you through hashtags and it, it brings open exposure. And that just doesn't happen in our platform. And and since we don't have that kind of negativity going on, people ask me all the time, like, what did you do to make this place so nice, so helpful? And I'm, my response is, well, intentionally, like we didn't intentionally do anything that would help that. All it is is the community is there and they don't have their guard up all the time. You don't have to be so defensive. So we people are able to, you know, have conversations. You you let your guard down. If you're not on the defense all the time, you can just talk to each other. We can just talk about hunting. We can talk about archery and we go ahead and skip all the BS that comes with having to defend it all the time. So a lot of our conversations are much deeper. They're, I call them lower funnel. You know, you think of a marketing funnel um, to nerd out a little bit, but really like the conversations are lower funnel. If you're asking a gun question or a bow question, I don't have to get into like method of take, like is archery more ethical? You see so much of that stuff happening on these these channels. We're already there in the weeds, man. Like we're getting deep into the weeds on which broadhead is best for elk and what brands have you tried and, uh, you know, grains and like the very deep conversations on onto this stuff. Cool. Yeah, when you can when you can peel back a layer of conversation, it just it's the the end result of that conversation what which is actually uh, you know a question is being asked and an answer is being provided. Uh, if you can peel away the first, I guess the BS and get really raw data and really raw response, it just right. makes everything more efficient. Right, and people are there to help. I mean, I, honestly, we 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 did some 
focus groups early on how to, you know, should people be following all the trails? Like what happens if we really try to learn and put the most relevant content in front of you? And people quickly said, Hey, what I like about this platform is I don't know what I'm going to see. If I follow fishing and hunting, I like all the, the variety. So, you know, people kind of stumble into stuff and, and since they're, you know, you're getting people that have been shooting bows for 30 years, getting your help. And that, if yeah, a lot of your audience is probably familiar with like an archery talk forum, right? You know, that was what, uh, uh, one of the places that uh, I, I saw quite a bit when I was researching on um, what we wanted this thing to be. And archery talk, someone has to go there. They're in an archery-only mood, and they're there to participate in conversation. Now, you're going to have a lot of people that are really good at archery in that forum, but they're there because they came there at, proactively to talk about archery. I might have a guy who was logging his recipe from his you know, mule deer from – last year and he, he wanted to share his dinner or maybe he's just posting a picture of it and he might coincidentally see your archery question and be able to answer it. That's the, really the value of the platform is the coincidental people stumbling into these questions. Uh, you know, I just spoke to the National Wild Turkey Federation about how to get their mentors more involved because they, then uh, it was an invitation. Like they wanted us to come down. I, I don't know if you saw, we partnered with them um, primarily to help them modernize how they're talking to mentees. They, and it's, they want to be able to help people in a, a more uh, modern way and to get their, they have so many experienced people, um, 30, 40 years of hunting experience. They want to give them a way to reach a new generation. And, and this platform really does that. And it makes it fun, man. I mean, have you tried out the activity tracking yet? Uh, I've, I've done the activity tracking through, you know, like logging my time, you mean? Well, there's a time log, and we just rolled out last month. That partnership with Garmin rolled yeah. out the watch integration, but you can also do it. If you pull up your, your app and go to post, you'll see over on the far right there's an activity. So when you tap that, you can log archery, your hiking, hunting, scouting, running, walking, and we're going to be adding some fishing um, stuff on there soon. But that actually lets you track. So I'm going to start my hunt. I'm going to put my phone back in my pocket. Any photos I take along the way are going to get pulled into my map. And don't worry, folks, it's anonymized. I'm not giving away your hunting spots. <laughs> um, but but it's cool because if you're shed hunting or, or if you're just walking or, you know, it's going to pull this into uh, a story that shows your elevation and it really gives you a better sense of what your story was. So, you know, for um, Eastern hunters or Western hunters alike, it doesn't really matter. Like however you're hunting, this thing kind of caters to you and helps you tell that story in a more interesting way than just posting up the the sunrise or the sunset photo i saw from my deer stand you know yeah yeah makes sense so and and by the way i'm excited to you know pop on that and try the the activity tracking through shed hunting season to actually mm -hmm. see how many miles i'm putting on right exactly yep yep we're uh we first the first version of that did not have the actual tracked mileage. It was just more showing the map. You know, everything in tech, we're just trying to get a quick version out to test and reiterate. Uh, the, I think this might already be in the app store. It'll probably be there by the time your listeners hear this. I have it on my phone. So I have like the next, any given time, I have the next version of the app on my phone. And it's on my app. So I, 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 you'll have it by the time you go shed hunting for sure. So you could log that right now as a scout. I don't think we have shed hunting in particular in there. You can do it as a scout or a walk or, or a hike. You know, any of those are going to work. Um, eventually, we hope to have shed hunting specifically on that activity log. And then with our Garmin integration, the app we're working on right now. See, I think we're going to end up, we have a Go Wild app right now on Garmin. Eventually, that'll be three different apps. There'll be a fishing, hunting, and an outdoor app. And I think we're in the process of adding shed hunting to the hunting app right now. Nice. 
Nice. And that'll that'll help you map your you know the goal with that is to help you map where your sheds are, and over time you can start to have data and you'll learn you know it's you can probably remember as, to some extent where you're you're finding sheds, but over, imagine how cool it'd be if we had data that could help you really get recommendations on time of year or where to look for. Um, you know, one thing that we could do is. Hey, Dan, uh, this time last year, you'd already found three sheds. Uh, you haven't even been out this year. Maybe it's time to get up off the couch. You know, those are, those are the <laughs> You're kind being of lazy. <laughs> right, right. You know, those are the kind of things that we're trying to do uh, with, with the data we're capturing. Even the when you log an activity, we're going to ask you how you feel. We don't do anything with that right now. We're just storing it. Eventually, what I want to do is if somebody has three bad archery sessions in a row, you know, they do the frowny face on the emoji scale. Well, we might send them a... Uh, if they don't shoot for three or four days after that, I might send them a push notification that says, hey, you know, don't let a few bad rounds get you down. You know, we're really it's kind of funny. I get a lot of old timers, not a lot, but like this is a common criticism among old timers or like really grumpy millennials, the, the ones that have just totally adopted their grandparents uh, mindset. It's like I don't need a phone when I'm outside. I'm outside so I can get away from my phone. And it's like, OK. Are you always outside? Do you never look at a phone? I mean, what we're trying to do is to get you motivated and to keep you excited to get outside. And then we're seeing that happening. I mean, I, again, I gave an example earlier of like the fisherman who learned how cool archery is and then he wanted to start shooting and bow hunting. That happened because of the platform and the, and the people in it got him excited through the content. So, you know, the whole goal, everything that we're doing is consciously making decisions now that are going to help get you excited to get outside later. Right, right. Okay, so I have um, people reach out to me. Uh, they've reached out to me, and a handful of them ask me questions about Go Wild, right? So I'm just going to I'm gonna ask you basically what they've asked me. And, sure. And the first one is, is the, I think the first thing that comes to everybody's head is, well, I already have Facebook. I already have Instagram. You know, some people already have Twitter. Um, I go and I... I and a majority of my friends are already hunters and fishermen on Instagram and um, Instagram and jeez, uh, oh Facebook. Why do I need to have a third app uh, on my phone where I do the exact same thing, basically, where I'm uploading pictures and, and commenting about my outdoor lifestyle? Great question. So a lot of it's going to come down to the functionality that we have that these other platforms don't. It actually, you know, we have a trophy log. You can log your, we have 180 species on the app right now. Everything from alligator gar to black rockfish to, you know, uh, doll sheep. I mean, there's all kinds of animals that you can put into to the platform. We save your data, we save your stats, and then forever you'll have your photos accessible quickly for your past hunts and, and fishing trips. So Facebook and Instagram don't have that, last I checked. Um, and, and it's nice because you probably get into same thing I do. I see a buddy I haven't seen in a while and Hey man, did you see my deer from last year? No, man, you got a photo. You can't find it. It's like lost with all your kids, uh, photos of your kids, lunches and like just random photos. And we store all that to your profile. Um, the, the, the next thing that's really different about our app is the activity tracking itself. Again, the data you're capturing today we're going to be able to help use to make you better tomorrow or, or down the road. So one, one example of this is the archery log, the practice uh, app that we have with the Garmin. It's really cool. I, I know most people aren't going to have a Garmin, but I want to use it. We, we track this on the app itself, but with the Garmin too, 
we're actually able to do auto shot detection. So this thing can tell when you're shooting your bow. Uh, it, it, it knows your yardage because you input that. It tracks your photos along the way. And then we track your grouping. So we're actually going to be able to track your progress throughout each shoot. And, and down, I'm thinking, into this year, maybe early next year, we're going to start to give you recommendations on shot improvement. So one of our goals with this platform is to be able to tell you, hey, and we don't have this in here yet, but eventually I want to be able to get your uh, bow set up in here. So if, if you're shooting, let's say you're shooting 70 pounds, one of our observations might be, hey, you know, you're shooting a lot and you're shooting a high poundage. But just so you know, people that do that typically don't harvest whitetails any more often. Maybe you should consider lowering your poundage down to save your shoulder. Those are the kind of observations that the platform will start to be able to make based off the data that we're collecting from you. So, again, Facebook, Instagram don't have that functionality either. Um, the the uh, live activity tracking, like just being able to go out on a hike, you said, like, hey, how how far am I walking on my uh, my my uh, shed hunt, you know, or my, my hunt or my, you know, eventually fishing, paddling, horseback riding is something we're working on. Uh, all of these outdoor activities are going to be tracked in a way that's not possible through Facebook or Instagram. Now there are apps out there like a run keeper or a Strava that will track mileage. But again, those aren't built for the outdoors. If you want to track your hunt on run keeper, you're tracking it as a run. Like it's not, it's not catering to your needs. And with our app, we're actually able to uh, you know, with the, with the watch right now and soon with the phone, you can track points of interest. So you can drop uh, mapping points like a, a bedding site or a, this is where my tree stand is. And, and by the end of the year, we're going to help you be able to navigate back to those. Um, again, I'm saying that some of this is future forward because, you know, we're, we, we've been live for 16 months on iPhone uh, coming up on our year anniversary on Android. We're a very young company. Um, other things that you can't do on uh, these platforms, again, yeah, your buddies might be on Facebook and they see your content, but what what they don't have, again, are the tens of thousands of people at their disposal. Uh, they might have how many, I mean, what's the average? I think the average on Facebook is like 130 friends. Now, a lot of people, younger people especially, have 300, 500,000 even, but we're talking about tens of thousands of people that can see your content. So if you're wanting to really show off your, whether it's show off what you've done or get feedback on what you're doing, those other platforms don't give you the reach. And with exception to this, some people use these other platforms like a Facebook better than others. Most people, the day they download our app and start posting content, get better engagement than they do on, on other platforms. I mean, that's a wide sweeping agree, uh, anecdotal statement, but I, I can just tell you, I just told you about Wes Robinson who has 13 or 14,000 followers and 200 on Instagram and 200 on our platform. He gets better engagement on go out and that's because of the way it's structured. So, um, we're not gonna, we're not a like, uh, company. So if you're looking for vanity likes, of, you know, Oh, I got 500 likes on my photo. That's not what our platform does. But if you're looking for real engagement of an actual human, not a bot talking to you and telling your photos are, are nice. You know, that's what a lot of these other platforms have. Uh, if you want people to say, Hey, what bow is that? And, and what's your archery setup? You know, asking the in the weeds questions and connecting with real like-minded people. We have that. So, uh, I mean, I don't want to get that. We have recipes. There's, we, have, we do giveaways, which I know that, um, giveaways have kind of gotten to be like tag a buddy, follow these 12 accounts, put them back every day and do this. Like it's, it's a lot of, I, no one ever knows if they're actually entered, um, <laughs> in the Instagram giveaways. We do giveaways. They're super easy. You show up, you tell us what you like about the product and you're in, we do, um, 
typically too, these are the most badass giveaways you can imagine. We're doing a free turkey hunt right now with National Wild uh, Turkey Federation that's going to be up in Wisconsin to hunt for two. We're paying all the expenses. It's a guided trip for two or three days. I think they're even going to do some fishing while they're up there. Uh, we just launched a $300 giveaway from Killer Gear. So there's a, a, a Jake fan and a, uh, I believe it's an elk fan up. We've given away bows, guns. I mean, it's these are not your little like t-shirt and hat giveaways. They are typically three or $400 every week that you can show up and the odds are good. Like, I mean, we're not talking thousands and thousands of entries. I think the most we've ever had on one was 1400. They typically are around three or 400 entries per. So, that, I mean, if you're showing up every week, I've seen a lot of guys who have been on our platform since they won win stuff. Um, that's a pretty good, I, again, won't go on and on and on, but, uh, I think that's pr four or five things out of the gate that are pretty different from us and another platform. Right now, whenever, whenever you hear app or tech, right, we have to think of some type of learning curve, right? So yeah. when I download this app, I put it on my phone. How long does it take a person to get comfortable using it? Yeah. I mean, really it depends on how often they use it, right? Like a, a lot of people, um, might, might download it and adopt it quickly and you start posting and say, Oh, I can post a trophy. I'm going to try that. It's very intuitive when you're using it, but people that download it and like, I didn't recognize anything. It wasn't Facebook. You know, of course it didn't feel familiar, but if you come in and just try to walk through like a trophy, it's we've, we've, uh, this is actually 3.0. It's the third version of the app we've launched in just those 16 months. So if you're, if you're just kind of exploring around, and you understand, I think the hardest thing for people to understand is why am I seeing this content? That's the most foreign thing to people when they download it is that there's not a, you know, we don't um, make you follow anybody and, and we don't make anybody follow you. We don't have private profiles here. Like this is an open network. That's real. Once you wrap your head around, I posted in the Elk channel and now everyone that follows the Elk channel can see my post. That's good for everybody. That's good for engagement. That's good for getting your questions answered. But that's a little bit different than how the other platform. That's actually it's a lot different than how other platforms operate. That's really the biggest hurdle to figure out. Once you figure that out, man, I mean, it's not a uh, it's not a hard thing to learn. I've seen a lot of people um, 55 and up who have never had a social media account before. This is the first one that's ever been appealing to them. Pick it up. And now they're influencers. I mean, I've got guys who are you know, police officers for uh, 20 years, they've been hunting for 30 years, they've never touched another social media account. And they're the guys that people go to with questions, you know, it's almost like they're the, the campaigns of go wild. And it's because they know their stuff. It's not because they have great content. They're not posting polished pictures. It's like, holy crap, I know that Mike or, or, or David or whoever are the guys to tag when I have this taxidermy question or this archery question. Nice, nice. Um, can can you have like multiple accounts? Cause I, it's, you know, a lot of people these days mm -hmm. have a personal account and they also have, uh, you know, like everybody wants to start an outdoor, a brand, right? Let's, uh, for, and I'll just use myself as an example. Like, uh, can Dan Johnson have one and then can the nine finger Chronicles have one as well? Yes. Yeah, so this is a common question among, uh, uh, people, entrepreneurs in the hunting space. And yes, you can, they're just different logins. Um, we don't have that quick switch ability. I mean, I think Instagram just added that a couple of years ago, you know, they, they launched, uh, 2012 or, or so, um, you know, it, and, and have a lot more money and, and people. So we're working on some stuff. I mean, that that's on our radar when we decide how to build stuff, I look for the things that nobody else has and what's going to make the biggest impact. And while I know that makes it convenient for, um, some of our, our brand managers and, and people like you, uh, 
it, it hope, hopefully it's not too much of a barrier for us, but you can do it. It's just, you'd have to sign back in, in and out. And I'm with you right there. I mean, I've got go wild. I've got the restless native. I've got my personal account. So I realize it's not ideal, but, um, my suggestion, uh, would just, yeah, to have different logins and you can certainly do that. Okay. So back to another real high level question and, uh, you know, we're winding down here, but why should, after listening to this podcast, right, why should someone go out and get the Go Wild app on their phone? It really depends on what your goals are. I mean, if you're if you're trying to get better at anything you're doing, and I assume we all are, tap into a new network. And also, like, again, going back to the average, 70% of Instagram content goes unseen. That's a fact. I think that I've seen that statistic. I think that comes from Instagram, actually. So when when you think about what you want to do and what you think you could be, get better at, you know, maybe it's time for a new platform to tap into that. You know, with hunting, there are uh, known unknowns, things you you know you don't know very well. But what's been interesting with Go Wild are the unknown unknowns, the things you didn't even know you didn't know. I mean, there's so much deep level conversation happening on this platform that. I accidentally learn new things from people. I, I, I was talking to James Nash the other day and I was complimenting him on a podcast about elk hunting and he coincidentally taught me something about turkey hunting. You know, there's this, we are so much more in the weeds than you can typically get. Again, these other platforms, what are we all doing? We're constantly pissing and moaning over, um, you know, gear, uh, brands or complaining about influencers or getting attacked by vegans or animal rights activists. There's just so much noise and distraction going on in those other platforms. We don't have that here. So if you want to come in, have a place where you can learn. And and I'll, actually, man, I'll give you a quote from one of our uh, early adopters, Dane. Dane Myers um, knew about Go Wild. He was probably one of the first 15. He, I think he actually beta tested for us. And one night I get a photo uh, from Dane, and it's this nice, pretty sunset photo and it's got his truck in the, in the foreground and there's a go wild sticker on the back. And it was a long text message. But what the takeaway and, and the, really the two sentences that I took out of this and showed our team was this community is way more than an app. I've made friendships that will last a lifetime. So if it, if you're on your your Instagram or your Facebook, those are much more personal uh, you know, I know this person, I've, I've gone out to lunch with them or I went to high school with them or whatever it is. I'm bringing you people you don't, you haven't met and people you haven't had a chance to meet and you can, you can meet them easily through our platform. Uh, there's a guy, um, our, our audience knows this story. Well, David Ferguson, um, got onto go wild in December and, ha- uh, he's a, he's an archer in Scotland and bow hunting's illegal there. David is, uh, I believe, this end of, this fall is making a trip to the U.S. He's going to go uh, come into Michigan. He's going to hunt Illinois, Kentucky, uh, jump over to Virginia, and he's going to fly out west and hunt. And it's from all the people that he met through our platform. It, these we're opening you up to people you wouldn't have met otherwise. We're opening you up to information you wouldn't have learned otherwise. And it's just fun, dude. Like I wake up and it's my routine now to use my own product. Like this is just a fun thing to use if you're in there every day it's enjoyable. It's not something like I'm not asking somebody to give up this, you know, this great platform of Facebook or Instagram to come use a lesser thing just because a hunter built it. Our standards are higher than that. And I think people are going to find enjoyment out of it once they give it a try. Awesome. Awesome. So other than what we've talked about, is there anything new and exciting coming down the pipe that you can share with us about maybe some functionality or making the app simpler to use or, um, new, new features? 
Yeah, I'll tell you about a podcast feature we're working on. Um, I don't even know if I've told this or how much of this is out in the open. So you guys are getting a little bit of uh, maybe first information. We probably talked about it a little bit, but you've seen the podcast log, no doubt, on, on Go Out, right, Dan? Yeah. Yeah, so you can come in. You know, you can log time. This is kind of what you're talking about earlier. Like I can log time for my hike. You know, you don't always have to actively log things. You can come back and say, hey, I just hunted for four hours. Here's my story. Well, we do that with podcasts too. So you can go in, tap the to post, hit the clock. And go down and hit outdoor podcast, and then you can search for all your favorite shows, and we pull it all in straight from the iTunes feed. And that's really just like V1 of where all this is going. Uh, you know, of everything that we've built to date, uh, most things were planned. They were highly orchestrated by our team. Uh, we we really thought them out and expected it. I mean, in the original business plan, most of this functionality was there. Most of the functionality we're still working on was there. But one thing we had no idea was going to happen was that podcasts were going to blow up in our app the way we did. I get a weekly report from my co-founder, Zach, who's the data guy here, of what the top five trails are. It's always podcasts. Podcasts are always in that top five, along with archery, bass fishing, deer hunting, like those kind of rotate in and out. But podcast is always there. And so right now it's a lot of solo conversation happening. Um, I, I can happen. I can give feedback to um, I can tag you like I, if I listen. Like, in fact, I usually will, will do that to help tell people about shows I've been on or shows I find interesting. And I can tag a lot of these podcast hosts are on there. So Cable Smith from Lone Star Outdoors, Cody Rich from the Rich Outdoors show. These guys are on our platform and they're using the platform. I mean, Cody's Cody posted just last week about uh, something with his other business, the Backcountry Fuel Box. He's on there talking about his product, his show. And as people are uh, doing that, it gives you a chance to give the show host feedback. Well, where we're taking all this is right now this happens in a in a very typical format, right? Like you're you're posting to your profile about this one show. Uh, without giving away exactly what the product's going to be soon, we're going to tie all of this conversation together, Dan. So like your show, for example, it won't just be like what Brad thought about this episode. We're going to have a, a forum that's actually for that specific show. And you're going to be able to see what the whole community thought about it. So you think of like, you know, your audience is probably familiar with a Facebook page, right? So it's going to be like a Facebook page for that specific show that gets generated every time. So every time you put out a new show. So uh, nobody's ever done this in podcasts that I know of. Uh, if you want to give feedback on a podcast right now, what do you do? Like, really, I mean, what do you how do you give feedback? Like your buddy Mark Kenyon, how would I give feedback to him on a show? Yeah, you'd go to iTunes or wherever you download your app and, and comment. Yeah, you can. Well, you can leave a ratings, but even then you're in a vacuum, right? Like it, he might see it. He might respond to it. He might not. Nobody else is really commenting on a ratings review. But if you you, you might be able to go to his, his Instagram account, uh, certain you get to a certain level of following. You pretty much assume they're never going to respond to you. <laughs> right. Like certain guys, you, like if I comment on Joe Rogan, he's not going to reply to my my comment. Uh, right. You know, uh, uh, a lot of these guys do. I'll give some of them credit. Like I think Kenyon does. I've seen him interacting. I saw him poking fun with you over the shed hunting the other day. Uh, but but like uh, Ben O'Brien, like they all those guys are into like. but you have to go to their platform and hope that other people are talking about it. Right. We're bringing this into a, a, a thread to where you can actually see what other people thought of the show. And a lot of times, maybe it's not a show that that really matters. Maybe it's like, oh, that guy was interesting. Uh, they're like, that go out guy, it's okay. I'm not really going to use this product. But he, he, he had some points on, on me or whatever it is. Like you might have these one-off takeaways. But you might also say, man, that go out guy kind of was had some uh, controversial 
statements on trophy hunting, which I didn't, <laughs> but just say I did. Let's say I really flared some people up. We're giving a chance to where you could go and see what other people are saying about the show because we're going to tap into this thing that people are already doing. I mean, Cody Rich had like 130,000 hours of his show logged within our platform within a couple months. I mean, there's definitely a high volume of, of activity going on here. It's going to be really interesting for listeners, but also what I'm interested to see is like how quickly do podcast show hosts notice this like are they all of a sudden you there's never been a place where the audience had so much power together to be able to give feedback so it'll be interesting to see how they respond to nice awesome yeah because uh, a lot of people listen to podcasts man dude it's on it's the it's video forever has been the fastest growing medium and it, it'll continue to grow crazy fast but the the audio i mean look at uh you know i'm a i'm a I'm in the tech space. I keep up with a lot of what's going on. I don't know if you heard about this, but Spotify just paid $200 million for a podcast network, uh, Gimlet. I don't know if you're familiar with Gimlet, but yep. they make, yeah, they $200 million. I mean, that's a, that's a hefty, hefty exit for Gimlet. Um, and they, they bought Anchor for, I believe it was like $150 million or maybe somewhere around in there. And, and these giant companies are putting uh, emphasis on to podcast and, and we'll see audiobooks will be next, but th this is going to be the next big thing. Uh, and, and, uh, especially in like the outdoor space, we've been 20 years to every 20 years behind everybody to everything. Right. Um, right. you know, like we're still clinging to outdoor TV. Uh, a lot of people are still clicking outdoor TV as if it's the nineties. And, uh, a lot of people I talk to have never even heard of podcasts before in, in this yeah. space. And, uh, there's going to be there's going to be a large emphasis on podcasts over the next couple of years. So um, we're, we're looking to integrate into that and try to get ahead of it. Absolutely. That's awesome. So it sounds like uh, Go Wild is ahead of the curve uh, as far as the hunting industry is concerned with how content is being shared, where content is being shared, and uh, um, even getting some people that are outside of the demographic to come in to Go Wild as well yeah i mean we, we we focus on that we we set out to build an app I and mean, hunting was my inspiration for this i love hunting and um I'm, i may not be exactly your typical hunter but um you know i grew up in southeastern kentucky man it's not like i, I grew up redneck like there's i i get the audience but i'm also a tech guy and i think a lot of that has been our advantage i, I built a tech team i didn't build a team that knew how to hunt because we don't need five hunters to build this we needed guys who knew how to code my team's worked with Best Buy. They've worked with NASA, Coca-Cola, Ford, uh, Bass Pro. Like these are these are high caliber people, and a lot of them either have hunted because of Go Wild now, or or there's a few others we added. You know, John Hunter is a uh, bass fisherman who hunts, and he's a pro bass fisherman. So we brought John in as a business partner to help us with strategy. But this team is really good at the tech side of things, and we're future forward, and we're looking at things. Some of it's low, low hanging fruit, like what is being done elsewhere that is not being done here. But one of the things we realized is, hey, if you're a hunting app, you're only going to be active really in that Q4, you know, October, November, December. And and our competitors, I just had this confirmed at ATA. I, I, I stumbled into some stats from one of our competitors. Guess what? They see an 80 percent drop in, in usership during the summer, you know, and we don't have that because, you know, where right now ice fishing is in one of those top five channels that people are talking about because go out is, is more than just hunting. It's more than just fishing. So I think that's, I mean, when I look at the stats that are public that I can find on our competitors, we're growing faster than any of them have before. And we're hitting milestones faster than any of them have before. And that, a lot of that is because we have a tech 
oriented, like intelligent team that knows this stuff in and out. And a lot of the competitors who have done this went out and hired agencies to do it, you know, and that's just not a, you don't want to get in that business model. Um, so, so, cause you're going to constantly have to be paying someone else to build, build your product. You, and, and, you know, with podcasts alone, it's a perfect example of your host changes the way you do something. And all of a sudden you got to adapt how, what your process is and adapt to how that, that company, uh, once your, once your images is uploaded or your file sizes or whatever it is, same thing with what we do. So we adapt quickly. We release, uh, versions of our app faster than anybody else on the market. And again, we're growing faster. So I would say, um, I mean, I know it's my product, but the stats are there and, uh, you know, it's, it's the next big thing in the outdoors for sure. Niche, niche social media is the next big thing, period. So, uh, this is not going away. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I, and I've definitely seen the trend and the sportsman's nation capitalizing on that fact itself. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a niche network, right? It's not yeah. like, I don't, the sportsman's nation, someday it will, but as of right now, it's just hunting and fishing, right? Right. Uh, and, uh, like I'm a, I have a goal, right? This is going to sound crazy, but I have a goal that someday I want to climb every 14er in Colorado. That's like 50, oh, nice. 54 yeah. of them, right? I love hiking and, uh, I want to be able to do that. And, uh, whenever the time comes, I feel that the sportsman's nation is going to start adding podcasts uh, from that demographic as well. So dude, dude, it makes so much sense. There's 102 million people in 2016 that did something closely related to hiking, camping, fishing, or hunting, you know, it's a huge audience. So as a, as a business model, you want to cater to that. You don't want to just get into such a niche that your audience isn't big enough to broaden out. I mean, and, and the exciting thing about that, man, I mean, if people hang out around go wild, if they come into it, they're going to see me talking about R3, the recruitment, retainment, and re-engagement of hunters. And that's something I'm really passionate about. So, so, uh, uh, people give a criticism to me or a question to me of like, you want to recruit hunters, but you're promoting an app where it's just hunting. No, 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 no. I'm promoting an app where we can capture these people that are on the fringe that, that come in for one thing and are going to learn about how, this lifestyle. Those are the people we stand to gain, man. Like arguing with animal rights activists on your Instagram profile, one in a hundred, maybe like I've done it. I did it for a while, especially when we were doing this on the side, you know, a nice little lunch break at my other job to argue with a vegan over the ethics of, of hunting. Um, but, but these people who are already out there doing the mountain climbing, like you're talking about, Hey, wouldn't it be great if you could go do all that stuff you love and also come back with a few hundred pounds of meat? Like, Hey, easy sell, right? Like it, it makes total sense that those are the people who are going to win. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I tell you what, Brad, I mean, we could sit here and BS for a long time and uh, I really appreciate you hopping on the podcast today, chatting about go wild. Uh, first, let me say good luck in all your bow hunting adventures from this day on and uh, good luck, man, with uh, go wild as well. Thank you, man. Uh, I'm excited to see you grow. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure you don't share stats on uh, during a podcast, but I was excited when we found out about you. Uh, like the network itself, I've been, I've, it's been really cool to watch you and Parker, um, you know, the types of content you're going through. I love watching Parker chase his dream of, um, all, all, I mean, he's doing something that's really unique and he doesn't care what other, like he's not catering his content to what he, other people think are cool is cool. And, and when, when we look at who to, uh, we haven't done a ton of podcast advertising, but when we look at it, I want to find people who are unique. I want to find people who are doing things 
their own way and we just got the right vibe from you guys and i'm excited to see you all grow um, i'm as we grow i'm sure we'll be back um to talk some business in the future but uh for this this run that we've had together so far it's been awesome and i hope to see you guys um you know growing with our platform i kind of think of you guys as a partner now and that brings us to an end of another podcast. Huge shout out to everybody who has continually supported the Nine Finger Chronicles and the Sportsman's Nation. You should all go check out the Go Wild app. Man, it's um, really cool and interesting things that they're doing over there. So get that app on your phone and, and start playing around with it. I think you're going to like it. Now, huge shout out to all the current partners of this particular podcast Exodus, Ozonix, Wasp, Lone Wolf, Deer Lab, Prime, Ripcord, Hunter Safety Systems. Guys, please go out and support the brands that support this podcast and this network uh, because that's how this all works, right? They pay me, I promote their products, you go buy their products, they're happy with what I do, and they keep giving me money. and you keep buying their products and then it's just a a really good circle that allows me to put out some badass content for your ears other than that if you haven't already please go to itunes or wherever you download your podcast leave a review on the nine finger chronicles give me a big old fat five stars and uh give me five stars on any other podcast on the network that you listen to uh that'd be much appreciated social media right instagram facebook follow along with the nine fingers follow along with uh the sportsman's nation or any other uh, podcast that is on this network and lastly please if you're gonna be in a tree doing anything hunting related our friends at hunter safety systems are reminding us to please wear your damn safety harness have a good rest of the week